Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest is one of the hottest people on the planet. Please welcome to the mic, writer, producer, actor, perpetual wedding guest, Vishal Reddy. (laughs) That is the nicest intro I've ever heard. I truly silently cackled, so thank you so much. (laughs) Pew, pew, pew. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Um, this is I've, I've uh, we haven't seen each other in a while. Um, so this is um, this is good. This is a, it'll be like a nice little catch up. I know I've been like grabbing people and being like, do you want to be on the pod? And they're like, we haven't talked in years. I'm like, let's record it. Yeah, that's that's when you get all the juicy stuff. That's yeah. when all the, like, the, the stuff comes out. How's your summer going? Yeah, I mean, you're, when you said perpetual wedding wedding guest, I just had PTSD because I just came out of four four weddings um, in June. That's insane. Yeah, like it was, it, and they were all things that were rescheduled from last year, um, mm. just due to COVID. And so I'm tired. Summer's been good though. It feels like New York is alive and well. So uh, it's uh, I'm ready for a little bit of a of a chill July. So we'll see if it happens. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm having a I'm having a stereotypical New York day where everything is bad and you don't know why you live here. So, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm good. I I'm enjoying the summer. Um, I'm enjoying focusing more on my creative stuff this summer than I usually get to. But yeah, I mean, it's it's baby steps out into the world. I I realize that I can handle maybe like two three hours of like social interaction. That's fair. It's weird to interact with people. Also, wait, you're from Portland, right? Mm-hmm. I was just there. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. I saw Michael. Were you with Michael Hall? I was. Yeah. Mark and Lonnie, our friends, uh, they got married and I was the officiant. Oh, my God. OK, officiant. Adding it to the resume. I know. Right. They asked me to do it a year ago or when? No, a year and a half ago. And then COVID moved it, obviously. But they asked me, um as like a chipotle burrito had exploded into my lap and i was true i they were trying to have this like really lovely moment and truly this burrito this like 
baby-sized burrito just exploded all over my pants. And I and then they asked, and I was like, this? This is the time you're going to ask me this question? Hold on. So I had to gather myself. But Portland is, what a quaint, cute little place. Uh, It's my favorite place in the world. It, um, I met up with some, well, no, honestly, I just made some friends with locals, and um, they took me to the beach. Yeah. Well, they the coast. Me, yeah, the coast. Um, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, I my okay. So my favorite thing about growing up in the Portland metro area is that basically two hours in any direction takes you to like a totally different terrain. Yeah. So it's like beach. You go north, you're in the mountains. You go east, you're in the desert. You go south. I think you're also in a desert, maybe. I think so. Yeah, but it's just like you get a little bit of everything in Oregon. Yeah, and also the Pinot. Who the knew? Pinot. Everywhere. The Willamette Valley. Yeah. Uh, had no idea that Pinot Noir was uh, quite a gem and uh, learned that it's kind of a it's a secret to many people because people want California Pinots. But the Oregon Pinots, I think, are better. So don't tell anyone. But that's my personal opinion. I will not tell the entire state of California, I promise. Thank you so much. I know they all listen on a weekly <laughs> basis to this. So um, sorry. That'd be incredible. The entire population really loves Why Are You Like This? I'm sure they would. I'm sure they need some soul searching in their life, too. They live in California, for God's sakes. Oh, fair. You went to four weddings in a month. Four. I think I've gone to four weddings in, like, six years. I I mean, look, it's... I envy that because, let me tell you something. Weddings are expensive. Travel is expensive. Gifts are expensive. And then it also, you know, you know takes an emotional toll on you because, <laughs> I'm single. So it reminds you that you're, like... When they're like, all the couples come out onto the dance floor. This time in particular, I was like, oh, oh, no. What am I? Everyone around me is a couple. This is fun. Um, I'm going to pretend to take photos and then I'm going to go to the bar. And so that's what I did every single time. Truly a sad sight. I've been having that more and more as the world reopens, even, not even at weddings. Just in general. In general. And like, I am actively not sad about being single. I really like being in charge of my time. I really uh-huh. enjoy the interactions I have with men when I choose to have them. Like, sure. I'm pretty chill about it, but it, it does seem strange to be like rocketed out of stay inside your apartment to me going to these uh, parties and being like, oh, so everyone here technically has a significant other, but you're all also open. And so am I just chum for the party? I don't know. Yeah, it is a it is a very strange weddings in general are just a very strange thing because you you spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and money on this one day and inevitably everyone's going to have an opinion about it. And but what matters is if you have fun. But most people I know, I was lucky that the weddings that I went to all of like either the bride and the groom or the groom and the groom. um, they they all seem to be very chill and like relaxed about all of it. And so that was lovely to see. But normally I don't feel like that happens. And then you like want FaceTime with them, but you don't really get it because they have, you know, dozens of people to get through. And so you see them at the end of the night at like 3 a.m. when they're drunk. And uh, that's the t- only time you get to talk to them. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. But I did plan my own wedding. Oh, which sounds- okay. I realized what I want in my own wedding after going to all these weddings and what I don't want. So that was a fun little, um, you know, exercise that <laughs> I gave myself. 
We, I mean, we love having a plan. We love lists. Oh yeah, it's in a it's in a uh, um uh, an, like a Apple Note doc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it, it. Literally just says wedding. Like I'm truly a 12 year old girl. Like from 13 going on 30. I am Jennifer Garner in this situation. Aww. Well, that's sweet. Is it or is it I mean, sad? I think it's nice. I mean, oh, I don't know. You. I I refuse to like attach like this is sad behavior to things that are like hopeful i'm working on that yeah it's not something that i came to naturally but it is something that i i have worked on over the past couple of years mm. yeah you, i need your i need to uh i need to take heed from you because uh yeah i haven't i haven't i haven't uh you know gone over that hurdle yet but i hope to yeah well you know it's a journey <laughs> of course of course <laughs> so vishal where did you grow up? I grew up in Tennessee. Oh, girl. I know. I grew up in East Tennessee. Um, I basically close to where Dolly Parton is from in that area. So it's like it is it is the mountains. Um, it is it was a small town um, called Johnson City. So I grew up in East Tennessee, which is not where anyone would expect. But that's it. Was it fun? No, absolutely oh, no. not. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I, I, I just knew from a very early age that nothing that I really wanted to be a part of was in my town. Like I was just always interested in art and, um, you know, theater. And also just every time my family and I was would go to New York to visit family, we would always go see shows and, you know, take in all the sights. And so I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be in cities. I, I did not take well to like suburban the suburban existence um i also you know predominantly went to like very white areas and so to adjust to being you know one of the only indian kids in spaces was something that i sort of had to adapt to as a kid and so i think it i think it shaped a lot of who i am as an adult but um i on yeah i would and i'm honest about that like i didn't particularly enjoy growing up in my town just because i was bored quite honestly that was kind of it. Yeah, you just kind of run out of things to do. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just had more power to people that, you know, enjoy that you know, a bit of a slower lifestyle like that. It just wasn't for me. And so I'm always I think I was always sort of a New Yorker from birth. Oh, was it always New York? Not even New York, just like a city, just yeah. any sort of like, you know, metropolitan area that had lots of people and lots of things to do. I was always sort of just go, 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 go. But I mean, I had a good childhood. Don't get me wrong. Like I know I'm shitting on the state of Tennessee, but I have a great family, you know, great friends. Um, got to explore a lot of sides of myself, especially with art that, you know, I think were really transformative for me. But yeah, it's really fun because when I when I think back to like me in high school and how like the concept of moving to New York was like an identity for me, like my room oh. was decorated with th- this. Let me this was my bedroom as a <laughs> high schooler in 2000 I'm already ready. <laughs> I had painted the walls like a deep red. Of course. I put up white crown molding, which is the most oh. construction I've ever done in my life. And then I had black and white photos from a New York calendar that I framed. Oh wow. Yeah, very that. Very that. Wait, let's go back to this white crown molding. You put this in? <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely uh, assisted. Let's let's be real. I'm sure dad did 90% of it. But in my memory, I was like, yeah, I cut it and I put it up on the ceiling. I'm literally imagining like a six year old Ryan, like (laughs) well welding something together and your parents being like, what the fuck is going on? What is he doing? No, most of the time it was like me taking the like icicle Christmas lights from outside Mm. because after December, I got to put them up in my room. And because uh, oh. I wanted soft lighting and then listening to all of Ashley Simpson's discography. Ooh, what's your favorite song of hers? Uh, definitely Lala. Yes, 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 yes. That song is very dirty. But at the time, I just thought it was about her, um, you know, screaming. Yeah, to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone puts it on at a party now. I'm like, oh, fuck, yes. Wow. <laughs> like, I love this song. Yeah, she was the Simpson that I think I always gravitated towards. Like, she was the Simpson that I was kind of like, I don't really know why she's not more famous just because she was a bit edgier and different, but she was also, like, not a, a pop factory. Um, yeah. I'm into it, though. I'm still into her. I, I support her. You know, I wish her nothing but the best, and I hope that she feels the love from us. I think she's thriving. Probably. I mean, she's married into the Ross family. Like, she's- I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I could, if I could marry into the Ross family purely for Tracy Ellis, and I mean Di- Diana, fine, whatever. Diana Ross, legend. Like, I don't, whatever. But Tracy, <laughs> Tracy is such a joy. Her Instagram gives me the most joy. Whenever I'm having a bad day, I'm like, let me check her Instagram, and she's always doing something that's making me laugh. Well, and it's funny because like the idea of sitting down and talking to diana ross seems so extreme that it's like untouchable like i can't actually like imagine it but tracy tracy i feel like if i met tracy on the street and caught her on a good day we could have a chit chat absolutely i think i'm i'm stunned that tracy ellis ross is as grounded in like normal as you can be for someone who grew up in such like a like, I can only imagine the people that were coming in and out of their household, like the amount right. of just famous, like extremely talented human beings. But, you know, I'll never know. I'll never know. And that's OK. What music fueled your uh, your little teenage angst? Oh, see, I was one of those that um, I pretended to like, like Yellow Card and um, uh, Switchfoot. Switchfoot. <laughs> You're a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, so I was in I was in Tennessee. So so in in I was like in I was in the Bible Belt. So how you socialized was like what church youth group you went to. Mm-hmm. So for a very long time, I pretended to be Christian because um, I needed friends, and uh, if I didn't go to church, then it was it was like, well, what are you doing? And so I learned a lot of Christian artists and even went to some concerts like that is that is how deep it got because I was just craving friendship. And um, so a lot of that stuff. But then I was, you know, I was listening to Britney and Christina like secretly because I just, you know, you I didn't want anyone to know that I enjoyed the music and even like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys like that just felt uh, too feminine at the time, which is so silly now. Um but I was, you know, deeply figuring out who I was. But then I listened to a lot of Indian music. Like, that is where I... And nobody could talk to me about it, but my, like, family. And even they were like, why are you obsessed with Bollywood movies? It does not make any sense. Um, that's that's where I lived, like, 90s Bollywood music. Well, I mean, Reliant K had bops. 
Did they? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely cannot name one Reliant K song. Um, they had the Sadie Hawkins dance song. Oh, right, 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 right. And I only know that because we had Sadie Hawkins dance at school. And it, so once a year, that of song course. would become very popular. Was it called the Sadie Hawkins dance? Yeah, it's literally Sadie Hawkins dance in my khaki pants. There's no, I meant better. your dance. Like, oh, your da- yeah. like they called it Sadie Hawkins dance. Yes. It was a big to do because it still was like girls must ask guys. Ba ba ba. Oh, interesting. Which was crazy because our school, like, especially looking back and especially being in the early 2000s, was like very progressive mm-hmm. on the like gay front. Like, I remember Jeff went to every dance in drag as Tink LaBelle, like, <laughs> without a problem. Like, it's Wait, just weird to Tink like think about LaBelle. Tink LaBelle. <laughs> that why why well someone needs to take that. Right? It's a good name. That's amazing. What's Jeff doing now? <laughs> I'll I'll look him up. Jeff, what are you doing? <laughs> um so it's funny to think back on like some of the things that when I reflect on like coming into my own and my queer identity, I'm like, oh yeah, I did act strangely towards that for no reason, literally, other than my own. Because everything around me said that it was okay to be gay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that a lot. But I know that's very unique. <laughs> I mean, it is very unique, but I, I, I think that that's such a cool perspective because most people don't have that, especially when you're around our age. Now, I think it's a, it's, it's a little bit different um, depending on the area you're in but, and you grew up in. But um, that's very refreshing to hear. And you got to hang out with Tink LaBelle. What a gift. But yeah, I have been thinking a lot recently, and maybe you have thoughts on this, maybe you don't, about like the ways that like we innately trained our bodies not to react to like a boy touching our back or like putting a hand on a thigh because like that would feel like good and exciting. Like everyone else was feeling when they were like, I held a girl's hand for the first time and it felt fun. Mm-hmm. Whereas like on the flip side, I was like, oh my God, this guy like, hugged me for a little bit too long and that felt really good but like it shouldn't oh interesting how me still figuring that out basically in my 30s is just like wild oh that's that's a that's an interesting thought yeah i i don't think i ever felt that way only because i was interested in all human beings like i still i still kind of knew that i was i was interested in you know women but then i was also like well what what would it be like if i kissed a man or you know there was always some like curiosity and inkling throughout so i don't think i ever had like that thought of oh what if i seem too you know queer or feminine if Mm -hmm. i if i linger too long after a hug or anything but that is very that I, i feel like a lot of people feel that way but yeah i definitely have those thoughts um I definitely I think um, I've regressed and I definitely have those thoughts a lot more as a 30 year old, because now now that we've had a year of not really seeing anyone, social cues are absolutely out the window. So if someone literally (laughs) if someone looks at me, I'm like, okay, so we're we're having babies when someone looks at you, you pull out your uh, planned wedding on your notes. They turn around and I'm literally in a gap. (laughs) <laughs> like a, a wedding, I'm literally in a wedding dress. Literally, all of your outfits have to have a reveal. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's especially like after because 
Pride weekend was just, you know, this past weekend. I don't know when this is coming out, but you you got to actually see how people have ha- get to interact with one another as adults. And I started to realize that, like, a lot of people are still in, in their thoughts and feelings about, like, in one interaction with someone and, like, how they are perceived. And we get into our heads about, oh, did I make an idiot out of myself? You know, are they thinking about that? Do they think I'm weird? And you start to replay all of that bullshit over and over again. I don't know if you feel that way, but sometimes I do. Oh, no, for sure. Um, Especially after... So I quit drinking like a year and a half ago. Congrats. Thank you. I'm like no saint. Like I still will like I still smoke weed without drinking. Like I find I'm better at it now. But when I was like re-stepping back into the world, like I would get in my head faster about stuff just because I'm like everybody else is like lubed up and they could be like, oh, I was just like a little bit drunk. But like I'm sure. very aware of every single thing that I'm doing and saying. Um. And just kind of finding a way to stop judging yourself and just let that go and be secure in like the essence that makes me like a fun and interesting person without substance has been wild and a journey, but (laughs) definitely is like always top of mind. I'm like, they think I'm weird. They don't, they don't get my jokes. They don't think I'm fun. Um, Everybody knows that I'm gorgeous but that's just like a given. I, I absolutely. Yeah. That's it's, it's Ryan gorgeous. Andrews. That's what, mm-hmm. uh, that's what everyone, it's the full name. Yeah. I 100% agree with you on that. I have a rule now that like no one thinks about you the way that they're thinking about themselves. Everyone is self-centered. We're all thinking about ourselves. So if you have a weird interaction with someone, I would say eight times out of 10, no one gives a shit. Now, sometimes there have been times where I have made a complete idiot of myself while in like parties or things like that, because I'm not all there. Um, Cause uh, the alcohol has been consumed and I'm just, uh, you know, living my best life. Mm-hmm. But there have been times where like, I can absolutely tell that they have gone to their friends and they're like, what a joke. And I'm like, yeah, it was a joke. Um, <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> warranted, but that's okay. Cause I'm living in my truth in that moment. But I don't think anyone really cares. No, I agree. I think you're, I think. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You are right. Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Vishal, you are a writer, a creator. Um, you, a lot of the stuff you create is like based around identity. And I just have to know, why are you like this? I am like this for a lot of reasons. I'm like this because I have parents that very much pushed me to just sort of be try to be the best at whatever I can do in this life. And so that's like a big driving force. And then I also think that for a lot of my my career, which is something that I'm sort of working through, my career is something that is sort of the focus of my energy and attention and everything else kind of comes second, which is not it's good in some aspects. And it's also bad in a lot of aspects. But I think feeling underestimated is the biggest reason that I'm like this feeling like um, people aren't necessarily seeing what I'm capable of as a, as a performer, as an actor, as um, an artist. Um, Cause I love what I do. I genuinely like, I love creating things with other people performing on in, in all sorts of projects. I love it more than anything. Um, and it gives me the most joy, but I think I often feel like, I'm I can push myself more and really um, prove to myself that I'm capable of things that I don't you know, I don't think people would expect. Um, so I think that's a big reason why I am. I am this. I am this blob of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's true. I think um, anybody who feels othered in a entertainment world. Mm-hmm has that kind of same I know I I still am working on it. I'm still like not even kind of close to good at it but getting rid of like a chip on our shoulders Absolutely. knowing the facts and knowing that breaking through as a bisexual Indian American is something that is for some reason harder than being a straight white man not letting that fully like affect your art has to be hard 
Yeah, but I've come to a realization now that like I and I think it's also it's bled into my personal life in that if someone tells me no or if someone sort of, you know, questions me as a person or my character in some way, I do look internally. But I'm also like, no, no, I'm not going to listen to that because Mm -hmm. I've gotten to a point now where I'm like, if I feel like I'm capable of something, even if it's out of my comfort zone, I'm going to do it or if someone tells me that something is not going to work creatively or I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, you know, get this job or um, have this opportunity. I just kind of think, okay, well, if they're not going to give it to me, then I just, I might as well just make it. And Mm -hmm. I might as well just create the opportunity for myself and then, you know, give other people jobs that are also in the same position. And so I think I've just gotten to a point now where I don't listen to the noise as much as I used to. And that just comes with time. For a long time, I would really listen to what people thought and cared about, and I would just become a fucking mess and a nightmare. Um, But now I just kind of... I don't really care. I don't really care if people like me anymore, which I think is a big thing. If you don't like me, I'm not for everyone. I'm not going to be for anyone. And that is... That is okay. And that's been a big help to, you know, just push through in terms of, you know, I don't ever see myself that often, you know, represented on screen or on stage or um, in the world as much as I would like on like a bigger platform. So I got to create the space in some way. Did you go to school for theater? Yeah, I went to theater and business. Ooh, okay. Business. She can run things. She can run things. I mean, look, that was also like my parents being like, you can do you can do theater, you can do all this stuff, but you need to have a backup plan just in case. And so that was honestly for them. But I I sort of took a, a, a very, I, I sort of curated my own experience in college and continued to take theater classes at school, but then also continued outside study with like, you know, dance and voice lessons and stuff. So I was always doing something. But what I realized midway through school was that being on a set, being on a stage, working on projects, that's how I learn. I don't really learn from a professor telling me that my action or my intention or the way that I roll on the floor is incorrect. Um, that's not that's not for me. Um, so it's a it it took me a while to figure that out, but you know, once I did, it was just eye opening. Yeah, I feel like, and I'm I'm sure I've talked about this before, but like my theater from college training was built solely on the idea that you want to be the performer that is for everybody mm-hmm. so that you can just like kind of hop from like a summer sock season to a summer sock season. Sure. And I struggled a lot in school because like, that's just not me. That's just not how I like to create or how I like to make stuff. And when I would hear professors be like, you should make something. I wouldn't hear the like, you should make something because we think you're intelligent and have an interesting viewpoint on Mm -hmm. how the world is made. I heard, well, this world doesn't have anything for you. Yep. So you have to make it without any acknowledgement of how hard it is to make something (laughs) from scratch. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot. It's it's a lot. But like you're doing it, which is great. But it, it does take a long time because I think we're fed into this narrative of like, especially in entertainment, but in just life, that there is a path to success. If you 
if you start with A and then go to B, then you will get to C. And that is just not the case for so many people, um, especially when you are someone who is from like an underrepresented community or you look a certain way or um, you, you don't see yourself represented in terms of leadership. I think there's so many factors at play. And so if you want to succeed, you, it takes a lot more work to build from the ground up, but you kind of have to. Um, and you kind of have to see the good in like, I think I, I, I hear you in that because for the longest time when I had, when I started my production company and when I decided to make more of my own work, I felt like I was failing because I wasn't performing full time. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't booking work every single week. And I was like, well, I guess like, I feel like I'm failing because like I'm having to do all this extra work when that's not the case. It's I'm, I, I'm creating and curating my own experience because it gives me more joy than waiting around or doing sort of what the norm is, but it does, it, uh, it can consume you. So I own a hundred percent. I hear that. Yeah. It's, it's a strange world, but talking about creating, let's talk about your web series. Oh, because honestly, babe, I loved it. Oh, thank you. I thought it was a blast. I, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I have notes. Well, you should. You did make it. Um, but what was what was that like? I mean, because I'm I'm currently in a space where I am like. I, I think I'm in that space that you were just talking about where like mm-hmm. I am finally taking the time to like start some new projects and focus on them and step away from some other stuff. And it's terrifying me. It's a lot. Um, because while I know in my heart and my head that the things I'm pursuing are worth it and worthwhile, it's like it's a lot of money and it's uh, a lot of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, if you have any advice, uh, I'll take it on my podcast about you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is my podcast now, listeners. <laughs> Vishal tells you Vishal explains it all yeah but Clarissa I'm just kidding I love her um I so yes I I I only started making my own stuff because I was angry with sort of the industry and me just feeling like I wasn't being represented or like I I have so many talented people in my life and I find I'm finding that like some of the most talented people are the ones that are not working some of the most creatively honest people that are in my life are not working all the time. They're hustling. And so I just kind of got to a point where I, you have to be scrappy. You like, you talk about money. There's always money. You just have to, you have to literally uh, go outside of your network and just ask. Like I was, I was LinkedIn-ing pe- people. I was making phone calls. I was asking friends, um, I was asking friends of friends. Like I was just, I was emailing people blindly and you have to sort of start build, you have to network and just put yourself out there and you're going to get told no a lot. And that sucks. But I got a couple of yeses that allowed me to make this first show. And then after that experience, you, I think you just kind of have to go in with a very clear mindset and pitch and while you are creating something, you have to sort of approach it as if it's a business. Like it's your own business. You are the startup. You are the entrepreneur. 
um, and you have to treat the project as such. And so I think go, having that mindset was really, really wonderful. And then with your work, we're creatives. And so we're, we can be very precious with what we put out there. And you have to let go of it. You have to just like throw shit at the wall and see what happens. And some of it's going to work and some of it's not going to work. And I would say whatever you're doing, show it to people that you trust to give you honest feedback on and just keep workshopping it. Because that's, I'm working on a musical project that I'm developing right now. And then I'm working on a new TV show that I'm working on with some producers. And like, I'm lucky that I have these people who can just tell me that's not good. Let's switch this. What if we do that? And just don't take it personally. That's, that was something that I did at the beginning. And I was like, I'm awful. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad. What am I doing with my life? It, it's not the case. It's just, um, and I know you have people in your life that would tell you, like honest things so it's true um, i have very mean friends i mean look (laughs) some might say mean i call it you know i call it loving in my world if you if you aren't mean i don't know what to say to you (laughs) the actual kind people are very confusing yeah i'm like are are you what what um mental illness do you have like why are you being so nice to me um is that sarcasm that that's how i react to people like that um But yeah, I think those are the things that I would say going into it. I use whatever fear you have and exhaustion you have thinking about actually making the work to just propel it because it's a lot. It's it is exhausting to build something from the ground up. It is a lot of work. And now that I'm doing we're developing more of that particular show and a couple of other things, it's never not exhausting. It just you just you just get to a point where you start to have more resources and you start to have more people working with you, which makes the process a lot more um, collaborative and fun. But it's still work. Um, you said you're working on something musical. Uh, is it Rihanna's next album? I don't think it exists, man. I know. I think I don't think she's I don't think she's into music right now. I don't think it's inspiring to her. However, I did hear a rumor that she does have the album and she scrapped it. Probably. She's the coolest person on the planet. She can do whatever she wants. I mean, do you know how many Beyonce albums that are that we just didn't hear? I know fully that she had a before she released the the album Beyonce, she had a full like African tribal album that she was going to release. And then she was like, I don't like it. And she's it, there's an album somewhere out there that we'll never hear. It's crazy when I think about Beyonce recently because I think about her every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think I'm joking? But no, she is, no, no, no. She is who I channel when I do musical theater. She is like she just her work ethic, her creative direction, the people she surrounds herself with. She knows how to build teams. She, she is does. someone who like people give her shit for like maybe not solely writing all her music, but getting producing credits and all this stuff. But like she surrounds herself with people that are so collaborative. And that is something that I take from it, but I'm sorry to interrupt. What is your, uh, what what, thing you think about Beyonce continue? No, I think about Beyonce quite often and to anybody want, okay. To anybody who like gets on an artist for like not writing every song they write or like producing or what have you, Fuck you. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. There there are things that you don't understand. And I'm so sorry that this is rude. But like, there are things that go into music production that just a lot of people do not understand. No. 
And uh, that's what I have to say about that. But Beyonce. <laughs> I'm clapping for you. It's silent, but I'm clapping. I was thinking the other day, and I, I know that we've gotten, like, Beyonce projects. But I, I think the last, like, Beyonce, like, album that I would count in her, like, discography was Lemonade. It is. Which is wild. Yeah, because she did, she did, she did her like Carter's album with Jay, and then she did Black is King, which was like you know the Lion King thing. I suspect we're about to get something this year because some of my sources have told me I think we're about to get something this year um, because she's turning forty. Mm. And if you're a Beyonce stan, you know she loves the the number four. Huge fan. I think I think we're gonna get something very soon because. There's it's it's been it's been what four years at this point since Lemonade so um yeah someone someone who's like in her camp like one of her creative directors that I know has said that like yes something is coming but he could not tell me anything else but I just wonder what she's gonna do like she did Lemonade then she did a rap album with Jay then she did Coachella which mm-hmm. was just like one of the greatest things I've ever seen ever ever um. And then she did Black as King. And now I'm kind of like, what, what else? Like, how do you, how do you, how else do you evolve? Um, and she's been doing this since she was like nine. nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's like, I literally wrote independent woman at 19. Um, yeah. I'm about to be 40. Yeah. Crazy, 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 crazy. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, always interested to see. I'm just kind of fascinated by like, if I think about, the female artists that I love and idolize, like a lot of them have given some side projects, but I haven't had a proper album in a while and I'm very ready. I find that, I don't know if you feel this way too, but I find that I don't think about any besides Stevie wonder. I would say that I don't think about any male artists in the same way that I like think about my female performers. Oh yeah, not at all. Like I don't I don't talk about any male performers in the same way that like I'll talk about a Beyonce. And I think I think there's just there's so many layers to that, but I find that especially like our, you know, we love our pop stars. Absolutely. And we'd love to compare them and see what they're doing. Um but yeah, I I find that there's such a fascination with like females in the music industry in a way that doesn't necessarily happen to men. Well, yeah. I I have found, like, if I look back and think about, like, mainstream pop, right, from the, like, 95 till now, like, mm-hmm. it's been really hyper-masculine focused. Whereas when I think back on, like, Prince or, like, any hair band or, yeah. you know, like, all of these, like, monster male artists that like now we're getting movies about because they're phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. They all were able to express gender identity in a way that was like freer and more fun where now is, if I think about anybody who's like a male pop musician right now, I just have like Sean Mendes sitting around a fire. Yeah. It's a different, the only pop star that I can really say is kind of comparable to like the Gaga's, the Beyonce's, the Rihanna's is Bruno Mars. Like, cause he yes. puts on a show and he is singing live. He is dancing. He gives you a whole experience when you're at a concert of his, 
Prince is sort of the the pinnacle of like just a showman who is doing everything and you can tell puts so much care into his music. And I find that like, yeah, I I guess Harry Styles kind of does the the fluidity with gender and um clothing and sort of just aesthetic, but you're right, I can't really think of any of any other like male pop stars that I, you know, actively listen to. Yeah, I don't like watch a male pop star's performance and be like oh yeah, that's cutting edge and pushing boundaries in the way I have with female artists over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Literally, unless you're Lil Nas X. I mean, I what mean, a moment. What a brave human. What a brave human. And he's just living his goddamn life. And he's having so much fun doing it. His Twitter is one of the highlights of 2021 for me, just because... Absolutely. He claps back at trolls in the funniest little ways that I'm like, oh, you're you're enjoying this. I yeah, no, he's having such a moment right now, which is great. And I never expected like I wasn't like an old town road person. Like yeah, I just didn't. Either. I was like, I think I'm too old for <laughs> too old for this. <laughs> and then the minute um, this like his last couple songs came out, I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's giving me visuals and looks. And I'm so interested to see what he does next. I think it's going to be quite fun to watch him yeah i find that there's such a crossover right now with like hip-hop and pop and like that people are sort of like defying genre and kind of just creating their own thing like i think about i think about cardi and i think about megan mm-hmm. and like what Nicki minaj has done um again the women the women are the doing women. everything yeah black women specifically are move culture in a way that i cannot exp- like i cannot i cannot um harp on more like I think that so much of what we consume is from black culture, period. And I know it's so fascinating to see these women just continue to, you know, move art and push the conversation forward because they're always in the news doing something in a way that I don't find many of our our men right now are are doing. And there's also like such a double standard, like with women and men and music. And we could go on and on about that. But yeah, I find that the art coming out of so many of these ladies is just so fun and wonderful and boundary pushing. And I'm excited. Uh, amen. Well, Vishal, as we are nearing our end time, I asked this of all my guests. Do you have any questions for me? Ooh. Wh- oh yes, actually I do. Um, we, I don't know if you knew, but we had a pandemic last year. I don't know if you heard, <laughs> heard about it. Um, heard about it. Yeah. Uh, some people were affected, some people were not. Um, what did you learn about yourself during that time that you didn't know? Oh. Um, Deep questions. This is therapy. Again, this yeah, is my podcast no, yeah, now. Absolutely. I learned, I learned how to focus my work ethic in a way that I haven't before. Mm-hmm. I've always worked hard, um, but I haven't always focused it in a way that is like, harnessable and enjoyable Mm -hmm. and um we're all hit with this pandemic right so the entire thing shuts down and then the immediate assumption um from the entertainment industry was that everybody who was sitting at home who's a creator absolutely knows how to use all the technology in front of them to make things Mm -hmm. and continue to entertain right so we had the strange wave where everyone was like well we'll just do instagram live and that'll be theater and that's just not true (laughs) <laughs> um then we had 
okay, well now just make quick jump cut comedy videos. Um, you should be good at that, right? It's like, well, if I haven't practiced that before, the answer to that is also no. Yep. Or just do this self-tape for a musical that may or may not happen. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. you have to call your friend to record a track to then set up your room to put up lighting to do all of these things that are technical skills that people do for their jobs yep. <laughs> that we were just like left to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if that had happened two years ago, I would have really crumbled. I don't think I would have rose to the occasion. I think I would have allowed that to overtake me and to mm-hmm. stop me from creating, which is also a valid way to react to that. It's kind of an insurmountable amount of shit that was thrown at people. But I think over our time inside, I was able to find the parts of that that made me feel creative and work on those and find the parts of that that I didn't like and didn't want to engage with and say, that's okay. I don't have to engage with things that way. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. I have a final question for you that's very important. Absolutely. Would you consider cereal a soup? A soup? Yeah, technically. (laughs) (laughs) Cold soup as a, maybe it's like a gazpacho. I, speaking of pandemic, started eating cereal in the pandemic. And let me tell you, it's great. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? What's your, what are your go-tos? Um, right. I mean, I haven't branched out a lot because, you know, you fi- I found one straight off the gate. Which I'm, mar- one? I'm married to um, the Trader Joe's brand of basically frosted mini wheats. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. That is a very good one. But you yeah. have to eat them fast or else. You didn't eat gone. cereal as a kid? Not really. Like, I remember every once in a while we would go to like Winco, which unless you're in Washington, Idaho, Nevada, Colorado or Oregon doesn't exist. Nope. I have no idea. But it's basically like Costco-ish, Costco idea, like bulk items. Oh, I see. Um, And we would get the like large flat bag of like off-brand Cheerios. But I don't remember like devouring those or having cereal for breakfast. Like I really wasn't a breakfast kid. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cereal's new to me. And let me tell you, I enjoy it quite a bit. Honestly, congratulations on that win. You have, um, I, I am so excited for you on this serial journey because there are so many. I can give you recommendations based on your mood. I was a serial kid. Um, I ate too much cereal. I don't eat it as mm. much now, but um, I do enjoy a bowl of cereal. What did you learn about yourself over this, uh, this year? That I was severely depressed. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, yes. uh, yeah, no, my mental health, honestly, was very, very, um, w- was something that I, I needed to get control of. And I think I didn't really recognize that for such a long time. And so I, re- I recognized that. I recognized that um, um, I have everything that I need and that my ambition is not a bad thing and that I need to stop um, downplaying the stuff that I want to do with my life. But um, patience is key which is very difficult for me. So I learned that I am indeed an impatient person and that I need to chill the fuck out, which is a challenge. Well, those are, those are all good things to know about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I feel like I, I wish I had something funnier than that because those were just like serious things. But, um, oh, I actually do. Well, this isn't funny. I realized that the Real Housewives franchise mm-hmm. is something that I I very much tried to not watch those shows knowing full well 
knowing that I would enjoy them because I'm trash. Let's make yeah. that very clear. I'm a trash human. And when I, I got COVID very oh. early on, and when you're, my COVID experience was, um, I just couldn't do anything. I was just like weak. And so I was like, what is mindless? And so I started watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And within a month, I had watched every episode of every franchise. It's a, it's a journey. And welcome, welcome to the party. Um, Thank you so much. Even on the episodes where nothing happens, everything happens. And Ridding. I love it. What's your favorite one? My favorite one recently, honestly, my favorite of like the these are our COVID seasons. Or just in general. In general, I'm a huge fan of um always have been a huge fan of Potomac. Always oh, a huge always best. a huge fan of Beverly Hills. New York has gotten really, really sad over the past couple of years, so I've honestly stopped watching. Yeah. Um and let me tell you. Jersey? Jersey is good. I couldn't here's the thing. I I Jersey is good, but it's not my top. It's just like for for some reason, I find them all just so stupid that I can't <laughs> even like they're just so dumb. Teresa is one of the dumbest people I've ever seen. <laughs> I hope it's an act and I'm so sorry if she listens to this, but like Teresa, let's get you a book. Um because uh something's not working. And I can't get past it. No, the thing about Jersey that I find fascinating is, oh my God, and I can't even, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City had an incredible first season. What a great first season. Also, are we going to see Jen Shaw get arrested on camera? We are. Whoa. They filmed. Oh, wow. That's wow. the thing that's crazy to me. Anyway, we can talk about Housewives <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Um, this is not a Housewives podcast. <laughs> but it could be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vishal, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, where can the children find you? Um, you can find me at VishalReady.com. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram at uh, ready to rumble, R-E-D-D-Y, the number two, and then rumble. Um, and I'm, 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 you can check out my production company, snarkyelephant.com then you can see a lot of the work that we're doing there. Love it. And if you guys haven't seen his web series, please check out Insomnia. It's really great. You'll have a good time. But yeah, thank you again so, so much. Thanks for so much. Out. Until next time, y'all. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.